0: What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have
1: died and gone to real estate heaven.
0: Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Thank you for joining us on the Red Hot Real Estate Show with super real estate agent Mimi Schoneman. She's here from Remax Results. Hey, Mimi, how's it going today? Good morning. I am very excited to see you. Also on the phone, somebody else I'm excited to talk to, our friend from Supreme Lending, Mr. Phil Olson. How's it going this morning, Phil?
2: Good morning, gang.
0: Hello, hello, Can hello. you hear me? Yes, we can. Can you hear us Okay.
2: Oh, I hear you just fine. Wonderful. What wonderful. a wonderful day outside with all this beautiful <laughs> rain.
0: Sometimes you need it.
1: I needed it for my garden. For sure, (laughs) yeah. And it's a great day to shop online for a house.
0: True. Very, very true. What are you going to do? you Are going to be out
1: getting your galoshes wet?
0: Right. So you can get all those resources if you go to the Red Hot Real Estate page on MyTalk1071.com. And I know that we have a lot of stuff that we have to go over today, but I just personally, and we'll get to this later, I want to say thank you to both of you. You are good resources. You're a good co-host here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. But personally, you guys have helped me off very much in my personal life with closing up my own home on Woo-hoo! friday so congratulations to me and thank you to congratulations. Both of you. congratulations we should have had a sounder for that I think. <laughs> No, i don't need it i'm just glad that i am here so i'm very very happy and so yes. we are going to uh, give some more information on how other people can go ahead and 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 close a lot of these more complex deals and what's going on out there the world is still continuing right mimi you know what we've been really blessed here in the twin cities the mm-hmm. market is still
1: doing very well compared to a lot of areas in the country so Mm -hmm. we have nothing to do but be thankful right um and we're still considered essential and we're getting back to ready to open up and so the phones are starting to call and people are starting to say okay what now and if that's something that you've been thinking about you know over the last couple of months be assured that we are still very much in a seller's market and we have great interest rates right phil for our new buyers
2: believe it or not I closed the loan here this last week. The interest rate that I gave the client was 2.5%. The rates right now are 2.5%. They're ranging between 2.625 or 2.5 to 3.375 on a standard, good credit, good borrower loan.
0: And Phil, I want to ask you some questions, but can we get your NMLS number out of the way, please? NMLS
2: 238103.
0: I also want to remind people that if you call into the Red Hot Real Estate Show, our friend Phil Olson has made the very gracious offer of donating $25 for every caller who calls in. Um, and he is going to donate $25 on, on behalf of a loved one to the 2020, uh, throughout 2020 to the American Cancer Society. Yes.
1: And we also want everybody to know that while you're listening to the show, you can actually call. Mm-hmm. You can text questions. Uh, we would definitely want you to be shopping online at our really excellent search site, View greater Minneapolis dot com and we've got brand new videos that we posted on our show page and a lot of also really good new information.
0: Right. So, I mean, what are some of the other things that are going on out there uh, when we're doing our market updates? What else should buyers and sellers know right now?
1: Well, from my perspective, buyers should know that even though we are in this covid environment, we are still seeing multiple offers. And really, yes, okay. And if a seller is pricing it well and it's a desirable price point, and I would say desirable is circumstantial, right? Because we're also very, very, very short on entry level homes, and that would I say would be 300,000 and below, okay. And our median price point here in the Twin Cities is 297,000. So we're right at that mark, and that's why it's so competitive, because all of the starter home buyers are looking for the same type of product, and there's just not enough of it out there. Right, Phil?
2: You you hit it right on the nail head. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm seeing multiple offers almost on every single transaction up to 400000 I am seeing uh, some areas in the metro where price points or the pr- housing price is not going up as much; it's flattening out. Uh, I'm seeing appraisal waivers, guys, be it on purchases, no appraisal required, refinances, no appraisal required, and that's based on either Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, or Jenny Mae giving an appraisal waiver,
1: that's which
2: that. is actually say, is saving the client a lot of money by getting an appraisal waiver.
1: Well, Phil, let's talk a little bit about that, because I think that might be the first time that we've brought that up on the show. So what would cause an institution to do that? And how does one go about trying to get that for themselves?
2: All right. Well, first things first, if you're a prime A borrower and you've got a large equity position, those are kind of the two key factors. So if you're a buyer and your credit scores are well above 740, you've got reserves, you're putting 20% down or more, the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac system, after I populate the address, is actually running it through an appraisal underwriting engine. And if that appraisal underwriting engine qualifies that home at that specific price point or sales point, they're then giving what's called a waiver. And by waiving the appraisal fee, that means you don't have to worry about potential inspection issues. You don't have to worry about paint or lead-based paint or maybe something broken on the home. So that's allowing sellers to sell their house or for people that want to refinance. It makes it a lot simpler for them. And in a COVID-19 environment, now the appraiser is not even going into the home. So that could be a great benefit for the consumer.
1: That's an excellent benefit for the consumer. So, in a transaction, if you get an appraisal waiver, the appraiser is what doing a drive-by appraiser is all electronic online.
2: It all depends. The waiver, the waiver does not even require a drive-by. But I'm actually I am seeing three types of appraisal. One is a full appraisal, two is a drive-by appraisal, or three is the waiver. So here three years ago or five years ago that we had all those options I would tell you uh, no normally it was a full pledge appraisal required
1: okay well, Phil, we're tell everybody what you're going to be talking about today, um, as far as content on the show, and I'm going to be telling talking a little bit about some scams that right. we're seeing out in the marketplace, uh, not just real estate and mortgage scams, but just scams in general, based on the COVID economic impact payment and other things. And Phil, what are you going to be covering?
2: Well, one of the things we are going to cover, since you and I were both involved, Mimi, is I call it the story of the month, but I actually am going to call it the story of my career because it was such a wonderful, happy ending. Uh, next, I'm going to talk a little bit about bridge loans. Uh, you know, I'm still fielding a lot of questions. What is this? Uh-huh. How do you use it? Where is it applicable? Uh, how does it help a buyer? How does it maybe help a seller put together a transaction? And, and what are the, you know, the ups and downs of a bridge loan? And last but not least, because I've only received about 30 phone calls this week concerning forbearance and forbearance rules, I'm going to go into the weeds a little bit thicker uh, on that specific subject.
1: I think that forbearance is on the minds of everybody right, right now because we have been shut down for two months. And I I think that we've been talking about it, but it's one of those things that I remember that back in the day of 2008 and all that that market where the terms modification and forbearance were thrown out a whole lot. And because of the reaction that we would get from the consumer once they realized what the ramifications of doing those kinds of things Did to a their credit and b their ability to buy that we do know that there is a lot of misunderstanding about those two things.
0: I kind of think from the side from the perspective of the consumer that when you just hear the word initially, it sounds like well this is going to be great and really help me out a lot. Well, it does. And then once you look at it, you know it you go maybe not.
1: Well, what? You know, what doesn't sound good about not having to make a payment for a couple of months? Exactly. Everything about that when you're in crisis sounds exactly. amazing. Mm-hmm. But when you come out of the crisis, it's not necessarily so amazing, depending on what your objective is in the next two to five years. Right. And so when we get back, Phil, I think that's what we start with, as we talk a little bit about the forbearance
0: and the ramifications of that and modifications.
2: Awesome love to discuss
0: it. We'll also take your questions here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Remind you that our friend Phil has agreed to to, to donate $25 on uh, behalf of a loved one to the American Cancer Society for every phone call we get here on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on MyTalk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Miss Shannon. Mimi Shoneman is here from the Red Hot Real Estate Group. Also on the line from Supreme Lending, Mr. Phil Olson is with us as well. And we're happy to take your calls. That number is 651-641-1071. So
1: so I just want to say, totally off topic. If I hear that Tiffany remake one more time, You're not I'm going to blow my brain up. You are not feeling
0: the I think we're alone now even with oh, Billy Joe Armstrong. I don't know
1: what happened. I must have listened to it like over and over in you the 90s. It too yeah. Much it's there. there. It's
0: right there in the front where I'm like seeing the whole thing. You're like I wish I was alone now and not hearing that song. I got it. Yeah.
1: Got it. Well, Phil, um let's talk to you and I about forbearance and loan modifications and what people may not know about doing something like that right now.
2: I I let, let's just start off from kind of the beginning, all right? People need to understand what is a forbearance first off. A forbearance is where you're delaying your payment. You're actually breaching your contract with your current servicer. Now, yes, the federal government put out the forbearance policy that the mortgage servicers have to follow. The the bottom line is, though, is consumers are not being told what the downside is. First off, I would say don't do it. Believe it or not, you can actually put your car loans, your credit cards in forbearance. It has no impact on your credit. and does not have any impact on you, your ability to purchase a home or refinance a home in the future. What a a lot of people don't know is once you put your mortgage in forbearance, there's automatically a 12-month waiting period. So once the trade line, be it when they report to the credit bureau, it's not going to impact the score, but what it's going to do is impact the specific trade line to where a consumer is going to be required, once they're out of forbearance, to make 12 consecutive monthly payments before they could either get a new mortgage or refinance their home.
0: So Phil, so that helps qu- people prioritize. So Phil, that'll help people prioritize if they do need to make some switches around in their budget right now. It's going, all right, well this pay this first and maybe put these other things on hold.
2: Exactly. Okay. So I would I would try to do a forbearance on your car loans, your installment loans, your student loans, all those things have no negative impact on your ability. To sell a home, buy a new home, or refinance a home, or even get a home equity line of credit. So if, if you don't want to put your life on hold, my first words to you is don't do it. Okay. Secondly, what is, what is the kind of forbearance that's being offered by your servicer? They're all different. Is, is the term a balloon loan? Be careful of that, folks. What a balloon loan is is they'll put you in three months, six months, twelve months forbearance. But once you're out of forbearance, you have to pay the full amount that you put in forbearance. So if you had a, if you had a two thousand dollar month mortgage payment and you were in forbearance for six months, you need now write a check to the servicer for twelve thousand dollars. Ouch! All right. Oh yeah, very very much an ouch. Now, if your loan is held by Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, which I've said this before, automatically your forbearance is going at the end of the loan, and it is not a balloon loan. So when you sell or you refinance, at that point in time, the servicer is going to collect the forbearance amount. But it really comes down to the consumer asking questions. Don't sign anything without it being writing. Call me if you need to, uh, to understand what those terms are. And I've had a half a dozen people send me their contracts, and I've, I've read them, and I've go okay. Here's your upside. Here's your downside. So they they just need to understand there is a consequence to doing this.
1: So Phil, um, let's talk about that when the the balloon happens. This the twelve months. So let's talk about yep. the folks that have got equity in their homes and opportunities to possibly tap that equity to make those payments. What are the options for folks?
2: Well, at that at that point in time, they could call me and as long as they've made their payments for 12 months consecutively, they could then refinance. The problem is 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 it's a it's a balloon loan, meaning which means that once they're out of the forbearance it's owed. Once they're out of the forbearance, they then have to wait an additional 12 months and make their mortgage payments. So I, unless the legislation and the House and the Senate pass a different bill, there could be consumers out there that are going to have a very difficult time paying that balloon loan back to their servicer.
1: Well, let's talk about the but, folks that have found themselves unemployed during this epidemic. Yep. Um, So there have been people that you and I both know that have been furloughed or they've been just laid off or what have you that are thinking about being in a transaction, that already are in a transaction, wanted to be in a transaction. What are the options for folks like that right now?
2: Well, if if you're in a transaction currently, And I've already had three deals here in the last, oh, three to four weeks that have fell into this category. Luckily, I've still been able to get them approved for their home loan. But the way it works is if you've received a furlough, automatically that's an automatic stop. Just so you know. So if they're furloughed, it's an automatic stop. The loan is not closing. They're going to have to go, they're going to have to get their job back. They're going to have to reestablish their income. But let's say a consumer's income is cut either with hourly wages, where their wages are cut, their hours are cut, but they're still gainfully employed. As long as we can qualify them based on their hours, based on their current income, and maybe a restructuring is required of their loan, be it with program or more down or maybe paying off a debt. There's a way to get those loans still done. So just because your hours get reduced, just because your wages get cut, doesn't mean it's an automatic stop. But it is an automatic stop if you lose your job, you're laid off, and you're drawing unemployment because unemployment cannot be used for qualifying purposes.
1: Well, let's say that somebody um, does get unemployment. Is there some reason that th- that somebody might not want to consider filing for unemployment right now if they're thinking about buying or selling.
2: Unemployment isn't g- isn't going to hurt you in in the in the long term. It's not a negative impact on the credit bureau. So I would tell somebody if they're unemployed and they've been laid off, take the unemployment Now, what's going to happen with that is they're going to take their unemployment until they find either they go back to their current or previous employer or until they gainfully gain a new job. And as long as we can verify their income and based on their hourly wages, their salary, their bonus, all those types of things, then it's going to be basically maybe a 30-day or 90-day period where they're going to have to be back to work before they could qualify for a new home.
1: Okay. So what about folks that are maybe not going back to exactly the same type of job that they had before. How does that impact them? If you were once in marketing and then you go to manufacturing or vice versa?
2: I would tell you that's on a case-by-case basis. And, uh, you know, one of the key factors is, is if I can use the consumer's diploma via through college and show an affiliation or show some way, shape, or form that they've had the background in that specific field, then an argument could be made to bring them uh, to allow that specific income. But if they're completely, let me give you an example. They go from being laid off, they're drawn to unemployment, and now they become self-employed. They start, decide to start their own business. Now, automatically in that situation, you have a two-year waiting period. Okay. So for me to answer that question, I really can't. It's, it's going to really come down to loan scenario to loan scenario.
1: And so, Phil, I think we're coming up on a break right now, but for those folks that are, uh, that are self-employed, I know that there were new programs before COVID coming out that were pro-self-employed. So maybe when we come back from the break, we can talk a little bit about the options for that, and then we'll talk about the story of the year. <laughs> Sound good? Awesome. Absolutely. So,
0: yeah, so there's just so many moving pieces in this whole COVID thing. Right. And it does seem like it's changing from day to day that we have to have this additional information that, you know, and that's what you guys are really good at is that it's not basically the consumer's job to try and keep track of all of these things. That's what you guys are doing and going from moment to moment sometimes, probably. It is from
1: moment to moment. And, you know, you really have... When you're in a transaction with, uh, say, a, a contingent offer on now, what's sale? a contingent offer again? Well, contingent offer it means that somebody else's property needs to sell, okay, sell in order for them to qualify to buy. So you have to pay particular attention to the whole the whole track, if you will. So you know, from the person who's got the first contingency, maybe they will have a contingency on there. So you've got a kind of a domino effect. And so, all of these things make make very much a big difference right now in this current environment. Right, but you can still get it
0: done. You can get it done. Right. Well, we are happy to take your phone calls. You can be part of the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Just call it at six five one six four one one zero seven one. We'll be right back with Phil Olson and Mimi Shoneman. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. I'm Ms. Shannon here with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and REMAX Results. Also, Phil Olson from Supreme Lending. Happy to take your calls as well. If you have a question of our experts, call us at 651-641-1071.
1: So, Phil, before the break, we were t- just kind of touching on self-employed folks. I know that before the whole COVID thing, that that the requirements for self-employed people were starting to look up. What do self-employed people need to be thinking about now?
2: I I, I mean, just just so you're aware, nothing really has changed with self-employed borrowers during COVID, other than other than one possible piece, and that would be if the underwriter requests a new profit and loss statement based on the current date so in other words we have your we have a one-year or a two-year tax return program we're using it's an average of the income of one year or two years but if your business on the self-employed side has been negatively negatively impacted and you're not able to show your income on a most recent profit and loss statement That would be potentially the only downside I see right now helping self-employed borrowers.
1: And so they just need to provide you with all of their 1099s and all of their gigs, right?
2: Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And And as long as we can show that their income is still stable, that's the key word, stable. As long as their income is stable or it hasn't decreased dramatically, And when an underwriter is looking at a file or when I'm looking at a file, I'm looking to see that the income on a self-employed borrower has not decreased more than 25%.
1: Perfect. So I just wanted to take a quick moment here, and we just want to celebrate Miss Shane and Paul here on being a brand-new homeowner.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much, Mimi. Thank you, Phil. I appreciate it. It was it was a, a marathon journey. <laughs> yes, is what it was. Well, so uh, that lends itself
1: to going right into the story of the week, month, and year. <laughs> correct, Phil?
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, you want to kick so, it off, Phil?
2: I'm going to kick it off, and I'm so happy for you, Miss Shannon. You and your son are more than deserving of having a home for yourself. Thank so, you so much. Our journey. Our, Our journey started a year and a half ago, and the journey was with Mimi and myself and helping you, and your goal was to buy a multi-unit home, and since you were a first-time home buyer, you wanted to be able to use Minnesota Housing Down Payment Assistance to help you and your son with the transaction. Right. So, some of the things... Some of the things that we had to overcome: one was tax planning with you and your tax accountant. Right. We did we did a little bit of credit score improvement and debt to income ratio reduction. Right. Um, Mimi started the process of the search and negotiations, and Mimi found it is a seller that was willing to sell sell to you uh, based on your current situation. Right. So what all happened, we, we got the file together, and then we submitted it to underwriting, and we ended up hitting some, we hit some curveballs, sorry to say, or we hit some bumps. We ended up having to change the guideline or change a program. Uh, Mimi kept you and the seller informed as we were working through these bumps. Right. Uh, we, had, we had an income and an asset stream that, the federal government didn't want to authorize us to use and use for qualifying purposes. And that's where I stepped in, along with my ops manager, my owner of my company. Uh, and we went directly to the very, very top of FHA and basically said, why can we not use this income? Why can we not use this asset? And first they said no. Well, then we went higher. We overcome it. We got a yes. And because of that yes, we were able to get you to the closing table. We had a multitude of things that we had to overcome, but I did never, I never lost faith. I didn't lose faith in you and I didn't lose faith in myself. I knew we could get this done. We just had a lot of moving pieces. And I'm so happy for your son and I'm so happy for you. And it was, it was a a team effort. By many, many people, including Mimi and myself, that got you to the table.
0: And I'm going to try not to tear up again because we had enough crying at the closing. But I you know, want to say thank you because when you're talking about those self employed people that are out there and we kind of joke about this almost every uh episode of the the Red Hot Real Estate Show when we're talking about people who have complex revenue streams where you're getting paid on a you know, you're a gig worker and so you get all these stacks of uh you're you're making money, but it's not from one place. It really does make things really complicated. And you have to spend a lot of time explaining that all these jobs kind of make sense. Right. And it's great to have a team of people go, no, you're right. And you do work really hard and just be in your corner and explain things and explain things and explain things. So thank you to both of you because I feel like I was a lot of work. So thank you very much.
1: Well, the other thing I think that we want to talk about was the programs that you were using were going to require that the property you were buying to be in certain condition. Right. And so we worked with the seller, uh, very much, you Mm -hmm. know, a, a wonderful person. Yes. And got everything done and thank God the weather cooperated with us. Thank um, you. So we were able to do exterior things to make that work. We were also able to accomplish everybody's goals. The seller wanted a certain net mm-hmm. and, you know, you want, needed to get in by a certain time. And then, right. of course, COVID happened right in the middle Which of it. Which just
0: made everything more complex. It's like, and why so, is this happening? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and just, to, you know, when we talk about the fact that as a potential buyer, There's no such thing as too soon to call. You and to call Phil and to start the process because sometimes there are things and 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 like you know like Phil solving puzzles is what he does and it is okay. Well, first you have to do this, then here's the next thing you have to do, and here are all the little things. And it is work for you as a as a buyer sometimes, and you have to be willing to do it. But you can get there. Well, let's you just, just take advice and, and and take advice and do your homework, and you can get there exactly. And you remain calm throughout the whole thing, even though we were <laughs> in the you. middle of COVID,
1: and you provided. Every- everything that needed to be done documentation wise on the minute. And so you were an ideal buyer in that respect. And so um,
0: you helped the process right along as well. I am happy to be here. It does. You know, it, I was very fortunate that even with all of the stuff it does, you know, just reminding yourself, it's okay to have a team Yeah, and, you know, letting everybody just, Fall in line with what they're experts at. You're an expert at what you do. Phil is an expert at what he does. And so, just being able to go, I just have to trust and and follow through, and we got there. Well, let's just talk about when you could have given up, but you didn't. <laughs> there were a couple so, of times. So we oh. were
1: already started on this whole thing, mm-hmm. and we were well on the road. And uh, because of COVID certain different institutions were not allowing certain
0: programs right but yet you pushed through and we pushed through and we made it happen and, and we found and one because we it's funny because it was about the same time that we were just talking about you know phil was on the sh- on the show talking about how these certain programs were not getting funded anymore and then boom it happens to me yes <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know you could have just said okay fine
1: i'm done right. i'm n- but but we as a team like phil said we went for further and we made it happen. And so it was a joint effort and very, very
0: much joyful. Right. I mean, it was, I mean, very it joyful. was an afternoon of happy tears. Is what it was. Yes. So <laughs> happy well, tears. Guys, Three people crying. Guys, oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Guys, I've closed over 3000 mortgages in my career. And I've, I've that's this is the first closing that I've actually went to during COVID because I wanted to go. But this, this, this file was will go down in history as one of the most memorable for me, and I cried too, and I'm so happy.
0: Thank you very much. I am ecstatic, and it's it's you know, the future is bright. Even though we have a lot of things that we still are know are going to be in flux, but yeah. knowing that I have a long term strategy for my son and I is such a weight off my shoulders. I mean, this was so important to me. So thank you very much yeah. to both of you.
1: Well, let's talk just a quick second Shannon mm-hmm. about the closing process and right. what your experience was at the title company and which is Results Title. How did that go for you? You know,
0: I think that a lot of times, and let me back up a second, even to the, the stuff that you do as a first-time homebuyer and yep. some of the online resources and the courses that you have to take. I knew a lot um, because I talked to you and Phil and and we have, you know, I'm surrounded by experts and I do pay attention when we do this show. But there were still things that I learned and some good best practices that I got to put in my best pocket as I was going through the process. Um, but it is a matter of, when somebody sends you a document, it's in your best interest to read it and to figure out how it goes. And and um, from this, from the, the process now versus when I bought my townhouse well, almost 20 years ago, it was a big difference. Just my knowledge of what we were doing and going in and, and talking and you know, really having an understanding of what I was signing and what the expectation was. That made it a much less scary process, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it is interesting now because it is a matter of. What's, you know, just even back to when we what we were doing with the the safety precautions that the appraisers are taking, the safety precautions that the inspectors are taking, like everybody is doing their best to make sure that we can continue this process, but still make it safe for the, the buyer and the sellers and everybody else. Right. And so just to describe the closing. So it's, it's one-on-one right. with
1: you, the buyer, only the buyer, mm-hmm. and only the closer. right? And so they have a, a nice tall plexiglass with a slide thing through mm-hmm. the bottom where you can get the papers through right. and sign, and everything is being wiped down right. socially distanced and everything very professional and people paying very, very close attention to um, people's personal safety. Right. And it really also, takes all
0: the anxiety out of
1: it. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think
0: that, you know, they did a remarkable job. We're very, very thankful for them as well. And really explaining all of the things, you know, yes, it's my job to kind of know what I'm signing when I get there, but they still did a really great job of explaining this is this and here's that and do this and even just just giving some. And, and and I'm not sure if we'll get to this all together. But one of the things you had talked about, Mimi, or you said we we're going to talk about during the show, and I presume we'll do this in the last segment, is talking about some of the scams that are out there. And so, you know, as someone who thinks that she's fairly educated in the process, still having uh, at the closing, having them say, well, if you get this. Don't do it. That's what you'll get. Like, you'll you'll get all this extra junk mail that's encouraging you to spend money on X or that. This is what this is. You don't need it from here. Or if you do want that, here's the actual free resource on how you get it for real. Don't pay any of these things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it it is
1: very informative. It is overwhelming. But it was a wonderful experience, and we are so thrilled for you. Right, Phil?
2: Exactly. You, you hit it right on the head, Mimi.
1: Well, when we come back, we'll start talking with Phil again about some of the the programs that he has going on, what's going on in the market, and we'll talk so about some scams that we see happening.
0: We'll also take your calls. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 with Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and also from Supreme Lending. Mr. Phil Olson, if you have any questions, call us at 651-641-1071.
1: So, Phil... Um, how do people get a hold of you during the week if they want to talk about the show or they want to talk about questions about forbearance or getting pre-approved for a mortgage, etc.?
2: Well, there's a couple different ways they can get a hold of me. Best is normally myself. I have that with me at all times. My phone number is 651-238-6748. Or they can shoot me an email, Phil. E-H-I-L dot Olson, O-L-S-O-N, at Lending.com.
1: Perfect. And so, Phil, is there anything else you want to talk about that you think is really important for folks to know about the mortgage world right now?
2: Well, I, I, I have six items bulleted that I, I kind of put together for the show. Uh, one, there are new credit standards on all government loans. So most lenders, they used to be able to go down to 580. Now it's either 620, 640, 660, Uh, of the things that I do for my clients is I'm always looking at credit enhancement and how to improve their score. So credit score criteria has gone up. Um, Lenders and servicers are wanting higher credit scores and higher reserve requirements on specific products. Uh, there's many of the largest nation banks that are no longer doing refinances or doing cash-out refinances. Um, some of your first-time homebuyer programs have been impacted, uh, where uh, higher credit score criteria or higher criteria, be it guidelines, have been put over top. Um, as far as loan-to-value, some lenders out there are requiring it is more money down. Uh, But here's the good news. None of this impacts me because I'm a direct lender to Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginnie Mae. Okay. So we we basically go off of it is what are our overlays, and we have none because we're a direct lender, except, and here's the except, Minnesota housing loans. Okay. We have to follow the Minnesota, we have to follow the Minnesota housing guidelines, all right? So those guidelines have impacted some consumers, and that's where we've had to maybe make some modifications. But the good news is I'm still cranking out loans left and right. I'm helping buyers, sellers, uh, close transactions, and I'm helping clients with refinances and cash-out refinances. So my business really hasn't been impacted that much.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Well, everybody knows how to get a hold of you, and all you have to do is just mention the sh- the Red Hot Real Estate Show when you call. Um, I do want to get into some of the scams that right. we are seeing out there. So let's talk about the one that was covered in title when you closed this past week, and that is... Uh, to get somebody's gonna ask you for eighty nine dollars or something about that. To get a, cert- a certified, certified copy. Deed.
0: Yeah, a certified deed. Yes. And she told me you don't need that. You, and don't. you don't right. Exactly. If you do need a copy of the deed, here's how you get it. You just go and you request it. You don't have to pay eighty nine dollars for it. No. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's
1: as a new homeowner.
0: The right. title company
1: will send you your deed. So- and she was
0: very clear what I thought was interesting is that she just mentioned to you, Hey, since you get this, you're gonna start getting a lot of junk mail. Yes, And a lot of that junk mail is exactly that, junk. Don't pay attention to most of it. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, let's start talking about what you need to claim the government stimulus. Right. Okay, so... There's a lot of fraud going on with that, and it seems like it's an easy way for people to get your money. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you don't need to do anything to claim your stimulus payment as long as you filed your taxes in 2018 and 19. So the federal government has the
0: information it needs to send you your money. So if anyone calls you or emails you asking for additional information for you to be able to get this stimulus check, that is a scam.
1: Well, that means you don't have to sign up for anything or give anyone any of your personal information. So if you want to get your payment quickly, there are some ways to speed up the process, by, like filing your taxes. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that you want to know is there's a certain term for the stimulus, and that's called an economic impact payment. And so you want to make sure that the government is sending you that, because if somebody else is, is sending you something, and let's just say that in the title, they use the, the incorrect name for the payment, they could... If you also notice that you're getting an amount that's different than what you know the government is doing. Right. So it's $1,200 for an adult, $500 for a child. So let's just say that you got a, a check in the mail for 1450 mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that's awesome. I got more than I thought I was. Right. So they could then s- send you something in the mail to say, oh, Miss Shannon, we accidentally overpaid you. So mm-hmm. can you send that money back to us? Right. And so what happens is is the fraud happens in the transaction mm-hmm. with where they're asking you to pay it back. So you want to watch out for that because the the IRS is not going to call or text you no. about your payment. Right. So if you're getting calls from strangers that want to talk to you, text, voicemails claiming that the IRS um something to do with your stimulus check, then you need to check and you need to let the FTC, which is the Federal communications commission know that this has happened to you
0: the similar scam that happens during this time of year normally when you're working on your taxes that they'll call you'll get a random call from something that's like a magic jack phone number or something that says or a google phone number that says you have to call us back right now and meet us at the courthouse and agree to give us money because the irs is calling the irs does not call you like that and say drop everything and give us money
1: A 100 percent. you're absolutely right so we've got impersonators can i throw up Yep, yep, Phil.
2: Well, can I throw out another scam real quick? Yes, you bet. That's even a a bigger scam is your title company is going to send you wire information for you Mm -hmm. to wire to the title company the money for your closing. If you're going to do a wire and they give you that wire information and somebody calls you and said they gave you the wrong wire information – The first thing you should do is take down their information and then contact your title company. There are people out there that are scamming people out of hundreds of thousands of dollars in their down payment funds and their money for closing because they're convincing them to switch the wire number, and then that wire is going off to the Cayman Islands. So be be very, very careful.
1: Yes, we always cover that, Phil, in the transaction with the borrower and the buyer. We talk about this throughout the whole process and let people know if somebody asks you for anything to do with money, you need to double back with your agent and also with your loan officer and the title company with a phone call, not an email. Mm -hmm. Okay, so an email is not the same. Right. Like, I know the sound of your voice. Yes. It's very difficult for people to imitate you that way. And so you also will have my number on your on your cell phone. Right. So you'll know if it's me calling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And same thing with Phil. So you... You have to, in these days, protect yourself. And that's with Definitely. layers and layers of just over-analyzing over, over analyzing and, and making sure that it's accurate.
0: Yeah, it's just the best way, best practices to make sure you maintain your safety.
1: hundred percent. So um, the other thing, and this is just not due to COVID, but this is just in general. Um, there's a lot of phishing uh, attempts right now to trick you. Uh, by letting someone say that they know you and trust you, oh. you know, you get them all the time. So you'll be on your email and you'll say, oh, Shannon's contacting me, right. you know, and you'll click on it. And you're like,
0: hey, I sent you this link. Mm-hmm. Don't- this looks like you. Uh, this made me think of you like all of those things. Don't click on any of those. Don't click the link. Right. What you
1: want to do is you want to right click on the email address and you want to look to see, okay, so what's hit? What's hiding underneath that? Is it really right. from her? Mm-hmm. And call Miss Shannon to right. say, did you send me an email that's not like you? Right. And why do you want me to click on this link? Right. Can't you just tell me? What and it you'll is? get
0: them on Facebook too. My favorite response to a lot of things that I haven't gotten from from certain people in a while is, I go, did you get hacked? So don't yes. be afraid to ask to send back an email that said, did you get hacked? A hundred percent. And just like you said, you, you want to look for spelling errors. So
1: that's really easy. Like you could have my talk 107.7 right. instead of 107.1. And you want to make sure that there's nothing going on like that. Um, another scam that's going on right now are with maps and with uh, COVID-19, how people are tracking that for globally and for, for U.S. and for your state and your county. So scammers have ta- have targeted some of these popular maps tracking the infection rate and they're putting malware on your computer. So you want to make sure if you've downloaded some sort of software that actually potentially compromises your computer. You want to make sure that you've got really good, uh, malware protection on there, uh, defender is a really good one. Mauer bites. Right. You want to make sure that you're doing that. And also just constantly being on the alert for people who are looking for money or things like that. Now, if you'd like to talk about real estate during the week, you can reach out to me at Mimi at MNRedHotRealEstate.com or 651-578-2218. And
0: again, Phil, we can find you at. You can
2: find me at. Phil.Olson at supremelending.com or give me a jingle at 651 238 6748.
0: We appreciate you both. I appreciate you both. And thanks for everybody listening to the Red Hot Real Estate Show on My Talk 1071.